Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. Now, we've been through Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Is today anything special? <laughs> I'm running out of culturally yeah. relevant things yeah. to say. <laughs> recovery. <laughs> yeah, recovery, no doubt. I wonder how many people it's, actually went out it's shopping. It's my brother's birthday. Oh, well, there, that's, you go. there you go. That, that'll work. So yeah. we have been um, talking through Advent season, um, maybe a couple resources. If you are interested, there's still time to get these perhaps on Amazon. Um, you mentioned a Paul Tripp book yesterday. What was that? Come Let Us Adore Him. Um, I think I, I asked my, my kids the other day, well, what was their favorite Advent devotional that we've used? And I think the consensus was um, Sinclair Ferguson's Love Came Down at Christmas. Mm. They really enjoyed that one. So, And then they also really liked um, Why Christ Came, 31 Meditations on the Incarnation by, by Joel Beakey. So okay. those were two of my kids' fav- favorites. Some of my kids really did enjoy Paul Tripp's Come Let Us Adore Him as well. So John Piper has one, Good News of Great Joy, Daily Readings for Advent. I mean, if, if there was ever a year where you needed your mind focused on something else, I think 2020 would probably take it. And what a great way to have your mind be focused on something else, the coming of the Messiah. Um, this is not wasn't necessarily a devotional, but it was more in story form. And those that have read other things by Star Mead would enjoy Keeping Holiday. So it's a, a story of a family that had been taken in by all of the other aspects of Christmas and had forgotten about the the heart of Christmas. Mm. And so this was a, a story about these kids that are kind of coming to realize what the true meaning of Christmas is. And it's just classic Star Mead, excellent story, well done. Mm-hmm. What we're doing on the Gospel for Life today is, is we're essentially making an argument for why you should meditate and think and consider this particular season, namely Advent. And and surprisingly to maybe some of our listeners, many of the imperatives or the commands in the New Testament deal with just this. Think about these things. Consider these things. Because action comes from our thinking. Listen to this verse in Philippians. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, here's the command, think about these things. And then Paul says, here's here's the fruit of thinking about these things. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. There's actually a fruit of peace that follows from mm-hmm. thinking about these things and we're talking about thinking about Advent, the, the first and second coming of Christ. Um, and I think really, if you can, this is over speak here, but what you find in Scripture is that 
really it boils down to the, a lot of the Christian life is remembering two things. We remember what God has done, and we remember what God has promised, what he will do. Mm-hmm. And to me, Advent brings both of those together. We're remembering what he has done um, in the in the first coming of Christ in his incarnation, and we're remembering what he has promised he's going to do in the second coming of and Christ. And that has an immediate and intense effect on the present. That's correct. So, so you, you look at the past, you look at the future. Well, what about right now? Well, when we focus on the past and the future, that helps you live in the here and now. Helps us live better in the here and now, mm-hmm. more biblically. You, you've been you've been mentioning uh, you know these cultural things like Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all that, and for um, people who are thinking of those dates, you're 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 making a countdown to Christmas. I'm running out of time to get my gifts. I'm running out. You know, 25 shopping days for, before Christmas, 24 shopping days before Christmas, 23 shopping days. That makes me anxious just hearing that. And, and <laughs> ad and Advent has a way of taking that um, out of the picture a little bit and making you think about the most important things. Mm-hmm. And that was, that's the fourth potential benefit of observing Advent by, that Ryan Shelton talks about is what Jonathan is saying. It brings slowness in the midst of a frantic season. So right. for those of you that are, are being sucked into the, the materialism, consumerism of, of Christmas, um, Advent can help you kind of pump the brakes a little and say, no, 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 slow down. That that's not it. That's not that you don't have to worry about what you're going to get and what you're going to buy and, and all of the the craziness of that. Slow down and um, remember. It's, it's not take, it's not taking those things away nope. because those become nope. those those are you know nice things in that and the social calendar that gets busy and the and the gathering perhaps with a family or maybe you know office workers or something like that they're all they're all good things we're not saying hey cancel out the good things cancel out but we're saying it's like bumper sticker theology remember the reason for the season mm-hmm. remember why you're remember why this season has come upon us it is about you know living between uh, what Christ has done for us and what He's promised for us. Yeah. the The next one on this list, uh, very related to the last one, is that Advent teaches us patience. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite verses in uh, the New Testament is in Galatians four, where it says, um, "God in the fullness of time." He, you guys mentioned God in the fullness of time sent forth his son yeah, to be born of a woman. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. You guys mentioned on the show yesterday or the day before about how when Eve was promised, Adam and Eve were promised the seed that would destroy the serpent, they were looking for it right away. And it, and it wasn't for – my timeline is bad – at least 2,000 years, 3,000 years, whatever, uh, that the Messiah actually came. That's a long time of waiting yeah, and 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 the fullness of time, everything was just right. You know, when we think about Christ coming into the world, the you know the you had a you had a period of time when uh, Alexander the Great had conquered so much of the world, and, and there was a, a, a Pax Romana, a Roman peace. You know, uh, people could travel. Um, so so um, Christ was born at a point in history in which the gospel could travel as well to the uttermost parts of the world. And it's, it's easy to get sucked into this impatience for the second coming of Christ. 
But we have to remember what, what Peter tells us in, in Second Peter, that the reason why God is slow in coming mm-hmm. is it's an opportunity for repentance for all of God's people, um, that the end is not going to come until all of God's elect come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So it's about salvation. Yeah, and, and, and we're told in the uh, Gospels that the gospel will be preached throughout the world and then the end will come. There, there are unreached people, groups, even today, that haven't heard the gospel. Um, of course, God knows all of his own. He came into the world to save his people from their sins. So no one is no one that the Lord has died for is going to uh, not be saved. That's right. The sixth one is maybe just worded a little bit um, odd, um, but hopefully it will make sense when we're done. Advent demonstrates the rarer jewel of Christian discontentment, which is kind of an odd way of phrasing this. Um, yeah, the, Jeremiah Burroughs wrote this book, The Rare Jewel of, of Contentment, talking about how hard it is for us to be content in our circumstances and everything. Well, this, the, you know, in some ways, uh, this rare jewel of discontentment, we have a way of just suppressing bad things. You know, um, you know, we, you know, it's the, it's it's the flight tendency that we all go go through. I'm just gonna well, I'm just gonna forget about that. I don't have time to meditate on it. I don't have time to think about that. Yes, somebody, you, you ask you ask a man what he thought about during the day, and he really didn't think about a whole lot. That's right. <laughs> his his wife might have been planning, but he hasn't thought about. It. And 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 the idea is we don't we're not discontented enough with our circumstances and situation mm-hmm. that we're actually looking forward to the coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. It, it's really what the new. Testament talks about with regard to an idea that we ought to have a pilgrim mentality, Mm -hmm. that this world is in our home. And so there should be always this constant niggle inside of us that says, this isn't quite right. I I love my life. I love the things of my my life. But it's, there's something not quite right. There's something missing. There's something more that I still long for. And that's what this is talking about. There's this Christian discontentment. And what's missing is that we don't have Christ without our sin. I mean, right now, everything we experience is tainted by sin. Mm -hmm. What we long for is the day in which we get to experience Christ in all of his fullness, not because we don't have his fullness now, but because we distort it by our sin, by our own nature that doesn't see Christ as we ought to see him. Advent is not necessarily trying to create your discontent. Mm-hmm. It, it, is, it is actually uh, trying to focus on, you know, the fact that, yeah, I want, you know, Paul, Paul says that the good that he wants to do, he mm-hmm. doesn't do, and the very thing that he didn't want to do, that he does. And, and, he, and, he, and he realizes that sin lives with him. You know that even though he's been uh, forgiven and delivered from the punishment of sin, he hasn't been delivered from the presence of sin, and this is the thing that we long for. And, and 2020, I think, just highlights right. this isn't it. This isn't it. You know, <laughs> mark your calendar. You know, the graduating class of 2020 has, you know, had a big letdown. Yep. yep. You know, they thought that this was going to be it. It's not it. And this is the way every year is. Really, next year is not necessarily going to be it either, mm-hmm. or the year after. Mm-hmm. The It, what we're all longing for, is the return of Christ. That's right. 
And then the last thing that Ryan Shelton tells us is another benefit of observing Advent is that Advent fortifies confidence in the promises of God. Well, certainly that's that's true because one of the things is we look through the and look back on the first Advent. We see throughout the Old Testament all these promises, you know, of him being born in Bethlehem, uh, you know, of you know the Messiah that was going to come, um, born of a virgin. You see all these promises that were made, all these things that pointed to him, and you saw them perfectly fulfilled in Christ when he was born that day and. You know, the angelic an, an announcement, you know, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. That was all, that was all perfectly planned. Even Herod, who hated the thought of a, uh, of a king being born, uh, could go and have his scribes search the scriptures to find out where it was going to take place. Mm-hmm. And so that perfection of, of God's word and promise is something that we can actually move with confidence that what he's promised is actually going to take place too. And this is a pattern that you see throughout the scriptures, especially the psalm that speak of really reflecting on what God has said and that he is always faithful. And, and you see this especially with regard, they phrase it with regard to his covenant promises that what God has promised to his people, he will do. And as we look at it in the past and say, he's done this in the past, he will also maintain or do what he's promised in the future. We can have confidence and hope. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life, and we will see you next time. 